beautiful beings, and welcome to another episode of Paranormal and Proud. I'm your host, Serena, and I want to thank you for joining me for another exciting episode. You can find me on most podcasting platforms and also on KUAP Digital Broadcasting. That is Troubled Minds Radio, and Mr. Michael Strange is the owner of that station. And he runs a website, troubledminds.org. You can find everything Troubled Minds, including listening live to me and some other amazing creators right there on his webpage. That's troubledminds.org. I will have that link in the description. Hey friends, before I get started on our episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking to do a YouTube channel and I'm interested in knowing what you'd like to hear and see from me. I mean, we could just do some lives and chats and talking about things or I can do some exclusive YouTube stuff like special cases that you're interested in or just doing cases by request or I can mix it up a little bit and throw some true crime in there if you're interested in that kind of thing. So let me know what you are interested in hearing and seeing from me. I'm really new at this content creation stuff, so you're going to have to bear with me, but I am looking at different programs to use and hopefully going to get a better light in my room to do so because I was looking at some of the video content that I was practicing on today and the lighting is awful. So, so give me some recommendations. Thank you guys. All right. For today's episode, we are going to be covering the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And I am really excited to do a podcast on this because it was a place that I had wanted to visit for quite a while, seeing on documentaries and ghost hunting videos and stuff like that. It's known as the most haunted hotel in America. So naturally, that would be on the bucket list of somebody interested in the paranormal. And last month in June, I was able to visit the Crescent Hotel. It wasn't for an overnight stay, and unfortunately, we didn't get to do a tour because it was kind of a last-minute side trip. So we just walked around the inside, the grounds, the staff there is absolutely incredible and welcoming and know that there's a bunch of paranormal enthusiasts that want to come and see this big, beautiful hotel and they're very friendly and will talk about any of the questions you may have. When we arrived in Eureka Springs, it was an absolutely beautiful Victorian town. I mean, it looked, certain parts of it looked like it was frozen in time. And as we ascended the big plateau that the Crescent Hotel sits on, the roads were so steep and so windy. I mean, let me tell you, I have a four-cylinder SUV. And here in Wisconsin, we have hills, but we don't have anything compared to what northern Arkansas has. That's quite an experience, and it was absolutely beautiful, too, at the same time. And prior to that, it had been downpouring until, like, right before we made it to Eureka Springs, and the sky opened up, and it was beautiful and sunny. It's quite an amazing coincidence. So we walked around a bit. I got a couple overpriced but really exciting souvenirs. And the inside was, you could just feel 
the heaviness of the history in there. While it's a bustling hotel now, there has been so much tragedy, so much death and corruption back when it was a hospital, and we will definitely get into that. But just the feeling of being frozen in history, you close your eyes for a second and imagine, you know, the 1800s, what that might have looked like when it was a bustling hotel when it first opened. And that had to be absolutely incredible because the Crescent was the crown jewel of Eureka Springs and they were so proud of it. It was built in 1886 and it was going for about 50 good years. Unfortunately, though, later on, it did dwindle in business. So they opened up a, a college for girls. The college was only open for a short time, but there is a possible death of an unknown woman that happened there that we're going to be getting to later. As I said before, the hotel sits upon the Ozark Plateau. And that Ozark Plateau contains limestone and sandstone. And the natural springs that run through the area, they consist of silica, potassium, magnesium, and iron. It makes sense that after drinking the spring water, people would naturally feel better. These components of the water are minerals that people often take on a daily basis to improve their regular health. People believe that this was a miracle cure back then. Science hadn't come that far, and medicine hadn't come that far, so they just believed this water had special forces to it that would cure whatever they had. Also, with the limestone, there is a theory called the stone tape theory that is known in the paranormal world as far as research goes. And, of course, it's a theory but the stone tape theory speculates that traumatic events and deaths can leave an imprint on the land and certain types of rock, especially limestone and quartz, which limestone is a big component of the plateau, can trap these memories and it's believed to contribute more to residual hauntings because it's similar to a movie being stored in and looping over and over. Like, for example, that if a person, while living, took the same path regularly to retrieve the mail every day, they would take this path. It's thought that after death, people would be able to see this, possibly at the same time every day, because it's just a movie on a loop. And another interesting example is a lot of times if you could tell that this haunting, a haunting, could be residual or intelligent, is... If you're in an older home that's been remodeled and say the floor has been lifted up a couple feet and if you see an apparition it seems to be coming out of the floor say it's a couple the first couple feet of its lower half are under the floor a lot of times the imprint is thought to be remembering the way the house used to be while they were living a lot of times with paranormal investigators, that's kind of how they go back and forth between residual and intelligent. And of course, this isn't proven by science, but for many, many years, people have been interested in the paranormal and equipment has been getting more advanced all the time to try to document this stuff. 
the sad part is, is in this lifetime, possibly, we might not know what everything really is on the other side until we're there. And I am in no hurry to get there. I'm enjoying myself here. It's also thought that natural flowing water, like as the springs at Eureka Springs, can help energize paranormal activities, natural running water, or even thunderstorms. Rain is supposed to be a good conductor of energy to fuel paranormal activity. That's why often you'll hear paranormal investigators getting excited if they're doing a an investigation during a thunderstorm because that energy can just those apparitions can just pull that energy from the storms to manifest hopefully and give them some incredible evidence now one of the main ghosts we're going to talk to in this story is norman baker and he was an actual person he took the hotel over from 1937 to 1939 before that he was a sort of a magician, a mind reader for vaudeville, and he discovered some medical tests using formula to kill cancer. The formula consisted of ground-up watermelon seeds, carbolic acid, glycerin, and red clover and corn silk, and Baker got to see a demonstration where they cut open bodies and poured this concentration into them to cure cancer. It was supposed to be a miracle cure, and he saw it as a money-making scheme. And basically, he became a fake doctor and opened this cancer-curing hospital. He would get on the radio and put out advertisements to advertise this, what turned out to be a very deadly experience for probably over several hundred people. Norman Baker used mental therapy so basically he told people that the mind you know mind over matter you can beat this cancer if you think it it will happen that's a great thought but unfortunately science knows that most illnesses including cancer especially cancer need a lot more than mind power to help them i mean the human mind is a powerful thing and there might be certain things that you can just will yourself out of but this wasn't one of them for these poor people. His treatment also included injecting this special water, I put that in quotes, directly into the patient's cancerous tumor. And that would be done up to seven times a day. So look at it this way. This man, to make millions of dollars, used his snake oil, quote unquote, and mind power to tell people that their cancer was being cured and it definitely was not. When the patients ultimately did die, their organs that included the cancer would be cut out of their bodies and put into jars of formaldehyde and displayed on a shelf, you know, apparently so he could study them later. I think they were more of a um, token from his experience, you know, kind of like serial killers do that thinking this guy was on that same mentality. Of course, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychology expert, but that's just my thought. Some of the actual jars were found buried in the gardens behind the hotel. Apparently in the 60s, one of the hotel managers 
was sick of seeing them because they were in the basement. They were taking up room. They probably grossed them out because there are these old gross jars of goo, basically, at that point in time, I'm sure. So he had them buried. And years later, they were doing some landscaping. They unburied these and displayed them what they could on shelves. And now they call that the parts room. And that's in the basement. And that is part of the tours that you get to take at the hotel for free. The basement also includes the morgue, and that's where he stored the deceased patients once they no longer were fighting the cancer. If this man, quote-unquote fake doctor, saw that people were getting close to passing away, he would send them to what's called the pain asylum. It's a wing at the hospital where they could basically live out the few days they had left in pain. They were told that oh you're fine just lay around you'll be okay but they would die excruciating deaths some people didn't die on the property he would just send them home like telling them that they were getting better you can leave they would die on the way back to where they lived and that was really sad Norman Baker only made it to 22 months at this hospital he finally got arrested and People were thrilled that the charlatan finally got brought to justice for what he had done to all these poor, suffering people. He basically desecrated these people's remains and did awful things just for his morbid experiences. Because as said before, he was not a medical doctor. He had no degrees. He just wanted to make money off these poor people's experiences and probably had a little morbid curiosity at the same time and used these people as his living or deceased guinea pigs. Just be careful if you go to the hotel. If you speak badly of Norman Baker, it's said that he'll pay you a visit and he won't be very happy. He'll probably startle you from experiences that people have shared. Nobody knows the exact amount of patients that died, but they're saying it could be well over 100 patients that died of their cancer because, as said before, not all of them died on the ground. Some of them died en route to home. With all of these things that happen, that's basically fuel for a haunted hotel in itself. I mean, as I've said, if you want a haunted hotel, that is how you get a haunted hotel. And that's what they have today. That's why this has a reputation of being the most haunted hotel in America. Much of the evidence collected, seen, and heard by patrons, staff, and investigators at the Crescent are disembodied voices heard on recorders and audibly with their own ears, black masses moving about, doors opening and closing, beds being made on their own, items being moved, masses of unexplained cold air, among other countless unexplained happenings. Some notable hauntings. There is the one described as the demon. He's been seen by the employees around the morgue. They refuse to go down there because this entity is said to look exactly as if you would paint a portrait of the devil himself. They've had horrifying experiences and many of the employees won't even go near that area. Another well-known spirit is a little boy they know as Brecky. He died at the hotel when his appendix ruptured. Poor little guy. I believe 
this was probably early 1900s, late 1800s, because they didn't give a date, but they implied that it was quite a while ago. But he was seen on the staircase and pictured on the staircase. Um, also, if you talk about him, sometimes he will appear in other photos as well. The third floor, people tend to faint. During a ghost tour, a lot of times people will lose their balance, fall over, and pass out. Sometimes they even hit their heads on the way down in the hallway. And they'll absolutely not come back to the tour because they and their families that are with them are absolutely horrified by the experience. And I don't blame them. One of the most well-known ghosts at the Crescent Hotel is the ghost of Michael. He was a stonemason working on building the hotel. He was way up on the roof and he fell to his death. He landed almost entirely in room 218 and that is now where he's said to reside. He's known as a pretty mischievous ghost and living in the most haunted room in the hotel, he will startle people quite a bit. Michael even has his own statue in the hotel lobby. As I stated earlier on, there is a girl that was killed when it was a college. She's known as the girl in the mist. She was thought to be a college student that either fell or was pushed off the third floor balcony. And there was rumors that she could have been pregnant. She's seen around the hotel occasionally and no one knows her identity and whether her death was a murder she jumped on purpose, or it was just a tragic accident. And of course, there is Norman Baker. He is known as a dark presence at the hotel. It's often said that if you speak ill of him, he will make himself known and give you an uneasy feeling. His presence is often felt in the pain asylum and the morgue, and around the organs he took out of patients as they died an excruciating death due to Norman Baker's scam. The beautiful Crescent Hotel is a popular location for paranormal investigators and just those who are intrigued by the dark history and potentially paranormal activity that they encounter at their stay. Even if you don't experience any paranormal activity at your stay, the hotel itself is beautiful and full of fascinating history. It's easy just to stand outside or in the lobby and just feel all of the history and the happenings that went there, both dark and beautiful. I mean, this place hosts weddings, so there's lots of happy memories at this hotel also. And it's an absolutely beautiful place to take vacations. I mean, it overlooks the cliffs of the Ozarks, and the Ozark, Ozark Mountains are some of the most beautiful mountains I've ever seen in my life. The scenery is just incredible. If you ever visit the Crescent, don't forget to pay your respects to all the spirits that reside there, both past and the present people that reside there as well. And try not to discuss Norman Baker because he might freak you out a little bit. All right, my friends, I hope you've enjoyed learning about the Crescent Hotel. I really enjoyed this episode again because I got the chance to actually go and see it with my own eyes. And this hotel has this daunting but just presence that wants to pull you in and explore and it was during the daytime but 
I was really tempted to sneak downstairs, which probably would have been a bad idea. I definitely plan to take a tour next time I'm in the area, and since my boyfriend has family down there, there's a good possibility that I might be back to visit again, and I definitely look forward to it. Anyway, my friends, I would really like to know what you think. What you think about the Crescent Hotel and all the hauntings? Have you ever been there? Have you ever stayed there? Have you gone on a ghost tour? I would love to hear about it. I love discussing this stuff. I mean, true crime and paranormal, they are definitely my fortes. I mean, I leave a true crime specific podcast to the experts because there's lots of good ones out there and I try to keep my content more I mean there's a there is some darkness to it but I try to keep it more you know hauntings and UFOs and you know unexplained stuff because there's so much negativity out there and 2023 has been a really rough year in the true crime world and I give these podcasters and creators a lot of credit that are doing a great job on this. Not all of them are, but there are quite a few that are, and I give them a lot of kudos to sit through these trials and watch all of this crazy stuff happening, but there's been a lot of darkness, but there's also been a lot of justice, so it looks like the good sides are winning, even though some people spread darkness and negativity negativity and do awful things, I believe overall the good will outweigh the bad because I think good has more of a presence than negativity. And as long as you do your best to focus on life and realizing that life is too short to be negative and to hurt people or hurt yourself, you know, in the process, you'll realize, you know what, just be happy. Do things that make you happy. Spread light. Spread love. Try to push those dark and negative people away. And listen to excellent content like my podcast or the podcast on the KUAP, Troubled Minds Network. Again, there's other creators on that network that have absolutely brilliant and incredible minds. And... Some of the subjects and topics that they talk about, I mean, things that I wouldn't even think about putting together, but when you listen to them, you get completely captivated. And some of them, like Michael Strange's podcast, the Troubled Minds podcast and radio show, it's interactive, and he does it five nights a week. And he encourages people to call in and give their thoughts, give their opinions, give their theories. And it's a great group. So if you are part of this community, you'll see that we are open to ideas and rarely negativity comes up. Every once in a while, there's a troll, but very rare. Most of the people, people that go there regularly to listen are absolute gems and brilliant and intelligent and just fascinating people. So I would encourage that. 
you can go to the troubledminds.org forward slash friends to find the other creators and troubledminds.org to listen to the network anytime. I don't have a time slot yet. Once I get more podcasts up and going, I will eventually have a time slot, but right now I'm kind of in the random rotation with a couple other creators till we get more content running. So anyway, thank you so very much for joining me and take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Life is too short. Enjoy it.